0: We've been growing our successful businesses online and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 113. Things were going great. It was 2013, pallet wood and rustic furniture was so hot and you were killing it in your backlog for months but now it's 2019 and unless you're Paul Jackman, the pallet wood trend is dead. And if your business was heavily focused on that trend, you're either scrounging for work or you've pivoted to the next trend and new focus area. This is just one example of needing to pivot your business from a negative impact, but you can also pivot to take advantage of positive opportunities out there. So today we're going to talk about how we've made our own pivots in our content and businesses and the thought process behind it while we were doing it. But before we get into it, we do want to thank some new members that joined the MFP patron tribe this week. We had Panhandle 3D Printing, John Bryant, And a welcome back to Chris from Copewood. If you want to support the show and get some cool rewards, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. Rustic, John. Oh, 2013. Do you think that was like the peak 2013? I feel like 2013 (laughs) was I mean, it was maybe even 2014. Yeah, because I'm thinking Instagram. I would
1: say because I was selling a lot of rustic stuff in like 14 and 15. But but Pittsburgh is consistently behind on trends. So I, I won't gauge the general <laughs> consensus I think, of no, I, think I think you're right though. I think 1415 was probably like the peak peak. Yeah. And 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 you know it was uh it was good times. It was the best times it was worse times. <laughs> A tale of two
0: designs.
1: But uh regardless of the trend, uh whether it's you know, right now, uh, modern's really hot. Industrial had a little sizzle in the pan, you could call it. Um, I, I still think industrial design is is uh, something that's quite popular because it's very, uh, very poorly executed on um, from a lot of standpoints. But like with that. The concept of pivoting has been a question we've been getting a ton, right, on the yeah. uh, from our uh, after show, and it's on all spectrums of business. It's not so much uh, styling as much as it potentially is um, whether it's a pivot from your content strategy, a pivot from your branding, a pivot from a target market, a pivot from. So you got to move. Um, you know th- this stuff happens a lot more than a lot of people typically notice, especially in business. And uh, and it's something that well, we've touched on it in the show before. And, you know, we're, we're both uh, promoters and advocates for the concept of small pivots, right? Consistently be moving in the right direction, but making small, gradual uh, turns and, and, and not massive uh, detours, I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, and so we, we wanted to address it on the show because both of us have kind of been in and out and in and out and in, maybe that's more just me, but like, uh, <laughs> but a pivot's a, it's, it's a concept in which you're, I feel like when you're in business, it's something that's constantly on your mind, right? It like is. what's next? What can I do next? How can I execute and on what it, I'm doing now? And how can I make
0: it? Yeah. Better? And it depends upon, I think that's, there is a, uh, I think the biggest dividing, you know, factor between the two is kind of what I hit at the top is like, Sometimes you have to pivot because you have to, right? Like your landlord says, yo, uh, your lease is up. I'm not renewing it, right? Like there are external yep. factors that that you have to pivot because you cannot continue doing it the way you've been doing it for whatever reason, whether it's design change or just something physical like losing your shop or something like that, um, you know, having a catastrophe in your shop, uh, you know, hurting yourself, right? That's you've seen a lot of right. folks, you know, cut some fingers off or something like that, like. Yeah, if you're a guitarist and you cut your fingers off, you need probably need to figure out uh, how to play left-handed or how to do something else. But uh, but yes. then the other ones, I think what you're hitting at Heedon. too, yeah. <laughs> what what you're hitting at too is that the um you know like the positive pivots and it's not, you know, pivot. I think by the nature of it, right? Whenever I th- whenever I hear pivot, I always think about, I don't know why, I uh, always think about basketball, you know, like when you're young you're learning basketball and you're like the pivot foot, you got to keep it's it, it down. yeah. You, oh yeah, dude, I used to, yeah, I used to get uh, thrown out of games all the time. I was I was a scrappy little basketball player I threw some it's kid weird. into the wall in college it was it was, yeah we were like both running for a ball and then I didn't like it it was like slow motion and my I was not in control and I like we were both running for the ball and then we both kind of started falling and instead of like bracing myself I grabbed the guy by his shirt and his pants and threw him forward <laughs> and he ended up hitting on. the wall yeah exactly I know that was just like anyway I don't know where that came nice. from but uh yeah so That's where my mind goes. And I'm thinking, you know, so I think of like big swinging, swinging pivots, but, you know, like little small changes uh, that those typically are things you're making all the time. You know, like you said, John, like in your content. Right. You've been making these little small pivots in content just by like, right. Like you've been doing a lot more pictures now on Instagram. Like that's a small pivot.
1: Yeah. And, 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 uh, and I think the one the one first thing we want to talk about here is, is in the concept of pivoting is is one being conscious of it. Right. And that in business, you want to make sure you're making conscious decisions. You're not just you're not just having the environment around you control what you're doing. Um, we've we've talked before on the show and in, and in to deep, you know, pretty, pretty deep fashion here about how Instagram has been super difficult for the maker community recently um, and. Just by the way, in case you guys were curious, it's not going to change like nothing's going to get easier. It's not going back to the way it was um, and with the opportunities in, in our community to steal and repurpose and, and, and use content. It's it's becoming a lot more difficult uh, as far as growth goes from what we were using s- six months ago. And with that, uh, you know, I've kind of looked at the landscape and, and I intentionally was like, OK, well, if I could put out more volume, how could I do so? Easiest way to do so. More photographs. And as you know, I was traveling, I was in Texas and then I was back home and then I was in on vacation. Now I'm back home and we're in the house a little bit more now than we were in the shop. And so Sam's not on the computer is off. So like editing and uh, getting uh, time to to pump out IGTV and Instagram um, video content, I knew it was going to be difficult for the foreseeable future, pretty much leading up to my wedding. And. So made the conscious decision to make a slight pivot and just get more volume of photographs out on Instagram. And yeah, growth isn't really there, but I feel like the engagement and the way I'm strategizing that has been working really well for my brand. Not so much as far as growth goes, but as far as people engaging and being, um, I guess, involved more with the, what I'm doing with my brand. Conscious decision. there. Right. And, and that was I think that kind of stuff is what's vitally important when you're considering the concept of pivoting. And it wasn't a huge change. Right? It's not like, oh, yeah, it was small food channel, but
0: it was also that. Uh, so it would be different. Right. Right. If if video was still hot and you were gaining. Right. And then I think you'd have been more apt to be like, OK, how do we buckle down? How do you know, let's still get out these videos. Yeah. But since it was kind of a combination. Right. You, you had some external factors of travel yeah. and those things and not being able to get the videos out as easily. Plus they weren't performing as well. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, why am I gonna bang my head against the wall? Well, you know, we've got some really awesome pictures. Let's put that out there and start more conversations. That's been another pivot I've been seeing you do is is really hammering down on the engagement and kind of uh, talking to yeah. your audience. And a lot of the ask me anything and those type things, like all of those have been small little pivots I've seen in yours. So that's, you know, that's not changing though, any of your content, it's just changing the way you're presenting it on social media, tweaking it a little bit because something stopped working or your external factors changed. So I think like those are great examples of little small yeah. pivots that you've made even in the last you know two months on
1: uh, IG. And let's continue that conversation as far as content production goes into uh, your YouTube content. You know your uh, your last video, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, Brad did a. It was actually pretty pretty funny. I, I gave a uh, video on on something as simple as mounting a television, um, and it, it was uh. The, that TV is insane. Yes, it is. By the way, I yeah. um. But with all that, production, all productivity
0: is uh, gone. I was just te- I was telling John before we started the show. I'm like, I, I I don't even want to live anymore. I just want to sit on my couch yeah. and watch TV. Oh. <laughs> what
1: what I think is uh what I think is more interesting about the concept of mounting a television is that like off the cuff can seem very boring, but you found a way to make it extremely engaging and you actually found a way to make some really quality content around something like voiceover for that piece of content just would have been really difficult. And it was because you were just, there was just so many little nuances involved in, and, and uh for those of you that have seen it, I mean, Brad's crawling through a wall. He's doing a little uh, Shawshank uh, type <laughs> storyline in there. Cause you, you literally had to, right. You had to cut a hole in the wall and dive back behind the television. But instead of addressing the camera, Like you, you sometimes do it in your your standard content strategy, but you talk to the camera a little bit more on screen instead of just voiceover. And because you were out of the shop, it felt super natural. But knowing you, knowing us and knowing how we work, there was a conscious decision in order to add some one value to the experience of the viewer of your content, but to integrate something that could potentially be a good long-term play for yourself and the channel. And so... When it comes to pivoting, you can consider what's happening in your content, um, or in any type of your business. Ours just happens to be content, um, and and make these small little nuance type changes in order to add value to whatever type of experience you're trying to create without completely changing the game on what's happening. Right? You don't have to go from say, oh, I'm doing you know my business is rustic pallet decor wood shop, and now all of a sudden you're doing you know, custom metal fabrication. Like it doesn't have to be wolf complete right turn, right. right? Yeah. And and you could do it. I think that's the beauty of the pivot is that
0: you can do it in small pieces and dip your toe in the water. So like when you're when you are looking to change, whether it's a new, new product line or whatever, that um, it, it should be something small that you can test, step back, see how how it works. Right. So you're yeah. absolutely right on that. That's one of the things that I've been. Uh, you know talking about with you and with uh you know other folks and just my wife and, and trying to wait f- talk to more people <laughs> <haven't he>? <laughs> 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 I thought it was your I know you you're you're my first John yeah. <laughs> uh, and and having that mindset of looking at how how to make a better connection with the audience because I, I think one of the things that I've gotten in the mode of like you said John like you know most of my videos 90% of it is like my hands doing something like it could be anybody, right? It's just, you know, this pair of hands doing things or cutting on the table saw or whatever, because I do a lot of tight and close up shots. Uh, and then I'm doing the voiceover and I've started slowly adding more personality into the voiceover and not making it just about step one, step two, step three, but like putting some jokes in there, doing some things. Mostly dad, mostly dad jokes, uh, trying to it. endear the audience to to my uh, dry, you know, old 42 year old sense of humor. And as I did that, one of the things I was like, okay, well, what would be the next step? And like that got good response. So I've been adding more, it's kind of like salt, you know, you just sprinkle a little bit in, see how it works. Uh, and if the response is good, you know, see where else it can go, but too much can be too much too fast. Maybe it's not like salt. That's probably a bad analogy, but, uh, because you could just keep I like pouring. The- I know it, well, it's good at the beginning, but then, you know, you would never want to pour on that much salt, but, you know, eventually like maybe, what I want my channel to be is more uh, where people, the, the nice thing. So the interview with Evan and Caitlin, that was back at 110. the great example. They were talking about how they have turned more into entertainment channel. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be an entertainment channel. And that's, that's defi- what I'm trying to do. It is. But that's not the, the demographic I'm going for is not 18 to 24 at all. Uh, mine is more 25 to 45. And uh, but at the same point in time. I want to be able to do a video. And if it is like mounting a TV on the wall on a fireplace, that's very niche down, very specific. And so if I'm very transactional and and somebody just looks at that title, they'll go, well, I, I don't have a fireplace. I'm not going to watch this. But if it's somebody that's been engaged in and really kind of wants to see what I'm going to say, how I'm going to do it, take away a few little tips and tricks and just see what kind of stupid or funny thing I'm going to do, they're going to watch it. And that's like building a connection. So for me, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to dip my toe in there and see how that works. But as a, uh, you know, product, as a product um, producer, same type thing, like you could dip your toe in the water of a new design. So if you've always done Shaker and you're like, hey, I want to kind of branch out, do something a little bit more modern. You could try, you know, a modern piece, try getting a new audience, try, you know, going out. And that would be like so if you've always done this one section of town, like maybe you go to the, the downtown where it's more modern, more trendy and see where you can get some sales there, you know, kind of dip your toes. Like you're not going to just go wholesale and go from making all shaker furniture to all modern. But if you want to make that transition, you got to start doing it a little bit of a time at a time. And that's, that's kind of how the way I see it, you know, thinking about it from a content and a product side.
1: And I absolutely love that. Cause I mean, that's literally like the conscious decision that we did with my metal and wood custom furniture kind of business. Right. And so, um, you know, just if for any new listeners, we know there, we know you, you guys and girls are out there. Yes. i you know, If you're not aware of my backstory, um, I started making custom furniture and then I got into growing a following and started to bring on a little bit more sponsorship opportunities. And from there, decided to separate my furniture business from the content business. And I branded that as metal and wood custom furniture. And when I got to that point, I was working with business coach Sean Van Dyke, um, who who is who's very uh, much a um, advocate and proponent for the concept of creating a look that I could, that could be my home kind of base for furniture. But at the meantime, I was making a lot of reclaimed rustic style furniture and I wanted to be doing a little bit more industrial, modern rustic reclaim that <laughs> furniture. No, <laughs> but I was trying to do a little bit more industrial style with a, uh, with a more of, with a softer feel using reclaimed materials. So from there, I started putting out a little bit. Once I, once I made that move, I started making more furniture and leaning on the, reclaimed industrial concept, right? It wasn't a hard steer, right? Boom, stop making reclaimed furniture. It was, how can I incorporate what I want to do next into that? And so I went from doing, you know, <clears throat> just all reclaimed wood kind of coffee tables, dining tables to reclaim tops on metal bases, and then made yeah. that into live edge slabs on metal bases. And then that's kind of steered into where I'm doing just high dollar custom work now with a lot of live edge or, um, sort of like slab tops on metal bases. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that's my bread and butter. That's where my home is. But it was a pivot in a conscious decision from a different style into kind of what I'm doing yeah. right now. And you
0: even went so, the full money with the that uh, the industrial uh, media center, too. Right. I mean, you had that was all yeah. metal. So you so kind of went the full, right. You too. went the full spectrum. But at the same time, like that's not, you know, you, you kind of dipped your toe there.
1: And that's all that was. Right. It's a little toe dip, little toe dip, <laughs> just a pinky toe. But because I think that that's important, right? Is that to make a pivot? Don't you don't have to necessarily like just throw all your eggs in, right? You don't have to take take everything out of the fridge and like burn the boats. You can you just threw like three. I'm all about the emo- Dude, <laughs> I've analogies been, there.
0: <laughs> Mixed them all together. To burn- yeah. You just yes. yeah. don't put all your milk in one basket and burn the boats <laughs> and, uh, while you're if tripping you down aware, the stairs.
1: I'm in the market for a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> the the my my reason being is that a lot of us like I look at my shop, right? I built a, a completely reclaimed wood kitchen, made a, made a good amount of money on it. Um, I also made all the vanities for the house out of reclaimed wood and I kind of started to gain a reputation in the area for a reclaimed wood kind of guy. But after building that kitchen, I decided I absolutely hate it and I don't want to do any more of it because of whatever X factors are on the outside. So I made the conscious effort to pivot. I started, uh, leaning on more the direction I wanted my product line to go instead of just saying, no, I was like, okay, how about this and whether that's a metal door or, A little more something that's refined, like like using rough faced reclaimed wood is it's very difficult woodworking because you're only working on at most like three square sides. And so you're it just makes woodworking practice very slow, makes everything slower and more difficult. And so what I looked at in my head was like, if I want to be doing kitchens, my shop is not optimized for kitchens. But could it be? Wait, then I can't make tables. What do I want to be doing? So like, if you want to be like a full blown cabinet shop, you got a different, you got to have a different setup than you do for someone that wants to do, you know, tables or flat surfaces, solid surfaces kind of stuff. And so when I say burn the boats, that's kind of what I mean. It's like, you know, if you're not going to just sell off your table saw because you need three shapers now, you're going to slowly pivot over to kind of see where the market is for the stuff that you want to be making. And uh, when you're doing it with a line of furniture My suggestion is slow implementation compared to abrupt turns. Uh, If you see a market for, you know, say metal-based wooden tops with epoxy inlays, like that's great. And right now you're making cornhole boards, you know, easy to upgrade what you're doing. But if you're making full kitchens, you're going to have setups and processes in your shop that are going to make it a little bit difficult to start just welding on top of it. So you're going to need to add a supplementation kind of aspect of the business in order to get there. And I wouldn't just sell off the cabinet shop. I'd, I'd make that right. a little bit of a slow, integration, yeah, slow. You know what I mean? Because I think that that's where a lot of people are terrified of pivoting. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that I,
0: uh, that was perfect, John. That's what I was thinking. The next thing, I, I think the biggest thing that, that I've seen and just experienced too in, in a pivot is the hardest time to pivot is when you're killing it at the thing you're doing but you don't want to do it anymore, right? Like, it's so hard to walk away from, right? (laughs) Like, you know, whether it, and and probably the biggest ones, it's funny because we've talked about them before, but the biggest ones I've probably seen and heard, and just because they're the easiest to make and probably most ubiquitous in the woodworking is like cutting boards and cornhole boards. Just boards, yeah, boards in general. Uh, When So, you know, you start getting this and you've built up this, business. And when I say you're killing it, like, you you know, you're getting tons of orders, you're making money, you're making a lot of sales. But again, it's those little chunks. And we've talked, uh, we talked a lot about, you know, that style business and about, you know, making a $200 set of cornhole boards versus making a $2,000 table uh, and where you want to put your time. And, and it's just uh, those lower price point items like cutting boards and cornhole boards. And and charcuterie boards. Maybe we haven't set charcuterie on the on the show in a while. I feel like we've missed that. We back. We back. Mm-hmm. Charcuterie shark cutlery boards. Uh, like when <laughs> when you're doing those, you know, pallet signs, whatever it is. When you're doing those small ticket items, let's let's say, you know, under two hundred or three hundred dollars, uh, you got to do a lot of them, and no. typically that wears people out, man. And they're like. But they're like, oh, I can't step away from this. Like, how, how can I step away? I, you know, I'm getting 50 orders a month. Like, how can I step away with it, from this because it's so good? And that's where I see the fear. And that's where it, because, yeah. it, because it is comfortable. And you're like, I've got this down. I've, like you said, I've got all the setup going. You know, I've got my PVC pipes for my glue-ups on my cutting boards. And I've got all the lines marked out on the table. Like, I know I can make a cutting board in 30 minutes, you know, whatever. Uh, but, man, I really want to be making dining tables. And and I think that, you know, part of that pivot is the biggest part is just the mental and getting there mentally. And then, uh, you know, once you're there mentally and you can break yourself away and and take take a risk because, you know, to pivot, what's going to happen? Like if you want to start making those dining tables, you're going to have to stop making cutting boards long enough to make a dining table and then see what the demand is. So that that's a that's part of the thing to overcome is you've got to, you know, whether you're going to sacrifice on slowing down on orders or whatever it is, like there is going to be a little bit of sacrifice and risk at the beginning on trying that new thing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to realize in that, too, is that like nothing great in life has ever come, you know, without a little bit of risk. And, and, and so, you know, Jeff Bezos made the conscious decision at one point to sell more than books when books were just killing it for him. And now he's just owning the world, so like <laughs> you, you it's possible to do so, but yeah, overcoming that fear super difficult um for a lot of people but but it's but it's possible, right like you can do it um we've both semi kind of done it and and to segue a little bit like i've touched on it slightly with what metal and wood was, but like it it was a it was tough for me to look at the con excuse me look at where my business was and say eh." I don't really think I want to be doing volume furniture anymore. Like I just, it's just not that appealing to, to where I think I should be and where I think my, my, I don't know, quality of my life should be. And, and, and where I think that this business could go. And I called you probably 62 times (laughs) when I told my now fiance and, Soon to be wife, that I wasn't gonna be making custom furniture. Like people were baffled. They're like, "What do you, what do you mean?" Yeah, like my like, best friend, my confidant, like my biggest supporter in this entire journey for myself. He was like, oh, "Wait, you're just gonna work on stuff you want to work on and like not sell it." Mind and I'm blown. Like, eh, pretty much. <laughs> and he is like, "Ugh." Sounds terrible. All right, good luck. <laughs> and like, but you and so like, obviously, when people are around you, you and that's like kind of the next thing is you've got to like kind of block out the outside influence to an extent. You have to take the influence from the right people with um, kind of with calculated sort of Intent. Behind what they're saying like you can't look at something someone else is saying and go well I'm throwing all my eggs in the basket because so and so told me it was a good idea like never do that right. um, but along the same lines there's there's always going to be your gut like Brad knows I'm pretty bad at like convincing myself or pretty good and I don't know how you want to look at it at convincing myself that what I'm doing is the right way and like even if it's so wrong, even if it's so the, wrong. Along, <laughs> along the same lines. We're all you're going to have influences like that um, in, in a lot of things in life. And and I think in this kind of situation, you need to be able to say to yourself, like, hey, do I, you know, do I take the influence from so and so in this in this context? Because they have experience or because they're what, you know, like I call Brad about being a full time content producer because he is one. And when I call my best friend who works on Wall Street He has no idea what being a content producer. And so obviously he's going to be apprehensive when the standard model is like make furniture, sell furniture. You know, so it's though you got to make sure that you're not taking influence from people who they're not bad people, but it's like they're they're just not in the game in the way you are. And it can create situations where like you potentially could be leaving something on the table that's a little bit more important or there's more opportunity on the there's more upside to something. Uh, Like you could be selling a ton of cornhole boards like Brad said, but like someone brings in one dining table and that one dining table equates to 10 of the price of what you're selling one cornhole board. Uh, You know, the upside is going to be, yeah, you have this one order and then a lot of people are going to say, well, you're turning down 10 other orders for this one, but you could turn that one into potentially four and then you could make, you know, five X what you did on those cornhole boards in a quarter uh, just because. You took, you, you know, the chance, but a lot of, you're going to you're going to get you're going to have people telling you that, hey, like, <laughs> hey, look at the numbers, you know, look at the look at this, look at that. And they're going to try to convince you otherwise. And it's not necessarily always the way you want to be going.
0: Yeah. And uh, first of all, John, we totally like I, I I write all the intros or most of them, at least. And I, I totally missed the boat, dude. Like we should have led with, you know, NFL pivot furniture and, uh, Ooh. corporate day job pivot content creator, but yeah, whatever. So <laughs> going to that, right. So, and again, yeah, if, if we have some new listeners here, uh, by the way, our intro still says you're a full-time custom furniture builder. Uh, just thought you should know that our intro is got, super stale. Um, got to love <laughs> yeah, it. whatever. Uh, and it's so the, you know, back when I was at my day job, so for the new listeners, I've worked in corporate America for 17 years and, um, right? Like that was the biggest pivot of my life of going and being like, Oh, Hey, I, I'm, I, I think I want to go make YouTube videos. And same thing, John, like <laughs> when I would talk to people who had day jobs, like, what do you think all their opinions were? Like, I mean, oh. it, it's like the people who hated their jobs were like, oh, do that. It's so awesome. I want to do that. And like, they had, you know, just because they hate their job so much. They're, they're just like the idea of somebody leaving their job is like so exciting. But then, uh, you know, like, Close people who were like had my well being at heart would be like, What you're doing? What you're good, right? Because, uh, yeah, exactly. Who it is, because I've been very, uh, traditionally in my life, I've been very safe and dude. had I spent a lot of time and money on my education, engineering degree, and the master's in business, and so like that's kind of like the idea. Oh, you should be using that in a very traditional sense in corporate America. Uh, and, and along the way, I realized that uh, it was sucking the life out of me and I didn't want to do it anymore. And like, there's no way to soft pivot. I would say that's kind of an interesting thing. There is a way to soft pivot that. And I changed jobs. I was kind of chasing like, oh, I just need to find the right job. Well, guess what? There, there was no right job for me. The right job for me was working for myself. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart and that's what I wanted to do. So uh, then I started doing the content thing. And so same thing, like I I didn't, like you said, John, I didn't burn the boats like just one day be like content. Yes, I'm going to make YouTube videos like I worked my butt off on a side hustle for three years until I figured out, oh, yeah, like this is viable. And I, I, again, played it very safe. Uh, I didn't make the jump until I knew it was viable and, and had a lot of things in place. But yeah. so
1: it's like and I didn't either until that the income was at a point in which I knew I could at least sustain the business in order to go hunt down more. Exactly. Because you knew what it was. was.
0: You knew what being yeah. it because you were doing it on the side. And I think that's a really important yeah. part about pivoting is you can do it step by step by step and do it in the quote unquote side hustle, whether you're leaving your day job or whether you're changing your own personal business. Like John was still, you know, it was a full time custom furniture maker, but kind of moonlighting as a content creator, if you will, under the same mm-hmm. umbrella, like doing all the same stuff versus yeah. me. I was actually physically working two different jobs uh, that had nothing to do with each other. So you can make those pivots and changes and, you know, side hustle within your own job, if, if you will. You know, like we just had Jason Radcliffe on like he's he's still living that life. And like he's kind of found found the balance in that his day job complements his side hustle of 44 Steel, which is really cool. So there's lots of ways to do it. Um, but none of that's wholesale. It's, it, it's all calculated to really set yourself up for success.
1: Yeah. And you need to be looking at it and, and making those you know, conscious moves. And I think that that's the the first aspect. And I guess kind of where we're, where we're leaning into on this topic is that like pivoting, isn't just an off the cuff kind of like, you know, my gut's telling me enough kind of a move. It is a conscious progression towards a goal in which you think could potentially be better or going wherever you want to go. But it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's not just an overnight thing. Um, And so, you know, leaning, leaning into that a little bit, a little bit more, uh, you know, I want to, I want to, I guess, kind of like address sort of where a lot of the questions are starting to come in. Right. And, and, and uh, those are, those are always interesting because, Uh, Like we take a whole gambit of awesome questions from our patrons and especially in the Facebook group. And what we get a lot of uh, sort of mm, topic topics on is like indecision, right? Like there's a lot of uh, individuals out there and we understand that that feel like uh, they're not doing the right thing. And when just because the universe is looks a little bit different um, or you're looking at Instagram and someone else is doing it and crushing it and you feel like you're not doing something right So you need to change. Um, And that's not always necessarily the case. Uh, You know, and and one thing I want to go back and touch on is like branding. And a lot of a lot of people have asked us questions like, hey, should I change my logo? Should I change my website? Should I change this? Should I change that? And we always pretty much come back to like what we've been talking about on the show. Right. Is that like, well, is that where you want to go? Like, do you feel like your business at the moment is stale and stagnant or your heart's not in it? And do you want to progress to something else? You don't necessarily have to pivot everything happening within the business in order to make a little change as far as the brand goes. But like myself, I wanted to make metal and wood custom furniture. I didn't want to just change my name to something that was not going to supplement the content business. So added, I created a DBA and added that little bit of an addition. And from there, I think there's a lot of learning to do. Right, Brad? I mean, uh, pivoting a brand is that's like a whole other other game, not so much like pivoting product, but like pivoting what you're about. Yeah. Um. And, and I kind of can go back and touch on like <laughs> sort of like have had Jeff Bezos decided to sell more than books, you know, right. like it, Amazon, he didn't change the name like, from <laughs> one thing to another, right? It's just, it, and, He changed the product, but there's times when an you're going to need though. to change the name. Exactly. Yeah. And it
0: was an addition. Like, I mean, I think when you just look at business in general, you look at any successful business, by and large, the only like the only business I could really think of that's actually kind of funny, like Coca Cola. Even though they have added though, because they've bought you know brands and like Frito Lay and and
1: uh, different
0: <laughs> <laughs> brands that they've partnered with or bought,
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> is
0: uh right. Like they started off making soft drinks; they're still making soft drinks, but their product line has vastly changed. Yes. Uh and, and it's you know the same thing with Amazon they started off selling books they're still selling books but then it's now they're an online just behemoth Monster. that owns the world. Uh and but then you you look at other businesses like Apple. Apple started off as a computer business now that's a very small portion of their business and they're more mobile technology. Um and having those changes is is natural and most of that comes from opportunities. I think that's an interesting, you know, kind of let's segue in. But before we do that, why don't we take an opportunity to thank our sponsor today, who is 3M. Yes. So 3M wants to know, are you the fastest welder in America? And they want you to prove it. They're looking for 12 metal workers to go head to head in the second annual 3M Clash of the Grinders at this year's Fabtech Conference in Chicago.
1: Yeah. And like we were touching on, uh, I'm well aware of the fact that grinding is not a very fun part of welding or metalwork at all. Um, and 3M wants to make that fun for you guys at Fabtech. Test your skills against other metalworkers from around the country, and they want to find out who the fastest grinder in America is.
0: Yeah, so here's how it works. Go over to 3M.com forward slash uh, to enter, and 12 grinders will be chosen to compete in a grind-off. You're going to be taking down three 4-inch welds, one with a fiber disc. I was just using a fiber disc the other day. Uh, one with a grinding wheel and one with a flap disc. By the way that's my first time using a a uh, fiber disc my gosh those things it's, hog off metal game, so
1: fast game changer game changer <laughs> but uh
0: whoever does it the fastest sorry john i just ran into your line whoever does it the fastest is going to win a grand prize package john tell me what they're going to win
1: and they'll win a speed glass welding helmet which is a ridiculously nice welding helmet i can attest um and a 3m cubitron 2 grinding wheel and disc combo set um and not to mention you get to go to FabTech and it's pretty awesome.
0: Absolutely. And that's in November in Chicago. So if you want to have bragging rights, uh, if you think you've got what it takes, head over to 3M.com forward slash pod clash to sign up. And that is 3M.com forward slash P O D C L A S H. Awesome. Thank yes. you, 3M, for sponsoring today's show.
1: Yeah, I'm always, I'm always excited when you uh, spell things out because, man, can I barely read? <laughs> I just need all the help I can get. No, that's a really i'm also uh super super gracious for that sponsorship 3m makes awesome stuff they do i was using some of their using some of their papers yesterday all all over the workshop now i love their metalwork i so, that half
0: mask uh, this is this is just bonus for 3m their half this is. half latch half, what do they call it half lap the 3m 6500 respirator oh mm. the best oh yeah
1: killer the best oh, i love that, love thing. that thing. Yeah, i i awesome. need more of them i should just wear one all the time you should cuz my life needs more respiration <laughs> Yes. But with, you know, kind of um, going back to the topic of the show, you know, uh, speaking about metalworking like that is a great small pivot in addition to any type of work that you're doing in the shop, but not necessarily a complete and utter like you don't have to say. say your business branding is like, you know, John's Woodworks. Well, you don't just because you can do a little bit of metalworking doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in your title. Right. Like it doesn't have to be in your brand name and and going back to like Amazon, like they don't have to say that they sell more than books, even though they're the everything store. Like that wasn't necessarily initially the the plan. And that's why Apple computers is now just like Apple Inc or whatever. And so adding a, a, a vast array of products or services within what you do isn't always going to constitute absurd changes to uh, branding or logoing or anything like that. Now, if you're segmenting yourself into a hole, that's where you're going to want to start to make a pivot in, in, in our experience and with the questions that we've been getting, right? Like we had, um, we talked about it on the show. I think we talked about it on, uh, the patron, uh, the Q and A. Yeah. The quarterly Q and A with, with Steve. Steve's
0: custom carvings. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and so Steve wants to get into doing a little bit more custom, like all around woodworking instead of just custom carvings. And was asking about his branding and stuff, and I think this conscious effort towards a slight pivot in branding as well as product is where we want to emphasize, like the concept of this show. Is that not just one morning you woke up and said, "I'm done (laughs) carving, like I'm out. Carving game is weak. I'm gonna start making, you know, just uh, lazy susans, like whatever." You need to be able to make a conscious decision to take what you're doing, and uh, and that's and that's I mean that's what I did with Instagram, right? Like I I got onto Instagram. That's why my brand is John Malecki. Like it's because I had a little bit of a following from when I was back in the the with my hand in the dirt, my hand in the dirt playing football. You know, I didn't want to lose those followers, and even though they mean nothing to me now because they don't really care about woodworking, they're they were still there. And like I made the decision to make my brand based around that. To in order not to lose it, if you're doing something tangential to what's already existing, you know you want to consider the people that you've already drawn to your brand. You want to consider your previous clients. You want to consider your followers if you're on social. Like that stuff's all important, and I think it's something that when you're pivoting, a lot of people lose sight of. Right? It, it is because, I, and I think when you when you go to start
0: a woodworking business, I think the vast majority of us out there who are not super creative. Uh, In the sense of like design and and naming convention, like I I don't know, I I tend to think that most of the folks out there are more similar to me uh, that are more on the just, you know, like to work with their hands and build stuff versus like super creative, really. And so it's like the first thing your mind goes to is like Bill's Woodworking, you know, it's like like I'm very literal, like that's what I'm going to name my company, Bill's Woodworking. I make cornhole Bill's Cornhole Boards like, you you know, you're not thinking out and being like, oh, what, what can I make after this? Um, and it's, it's an interesting thing. Like we talked about this on the show many times before, but fix this, build that when i named it, my whole idea for the channel was to do home repair and, and everything around that's the fix this side. And then the build, that would be the woodworking side. And for the first uh, two years, it was all build that, you know, at least the first two years, probably the, well, on the side hustle, if you count that it's probably like the first four years, um, and then now I'm just pivoting back into getting into that. And, and now so I kind of went the opposite way, like I, I had a broader name, but it was only doing woodworking, whereas I think the there's a lot of folks that, you know, like, like Steve doing the custom carving or whatever, or rustic designs, um, you know, that those things. If you name yourself that way, you're you're pigeonholing your your brand, um, at least to a certain extent. So, you know, just kind of hitting back on that branding piece, think about you know, even just having just you know, Apple, like right, Apple has nothing to do with anything that they make, it is just a cool design logo that they came up with for whatever reason. Uh, that I I really start to think more and more about like a good brand, uh, is just some random word or name or something made up, you know, because then you can do anything like Google, like what I mean, it's like based on whatever the Google, what is it, Google Plexus, not Google Plexus, Googilian. and it's like a number. Yeah. I literally have no idea. Oh, that's what it's it's based. There's a number and I forget the exact ending that goes on the back of Google. But anyway, it's like a number. And I think that was like to represent all the ways to search and blah, blah, blah. So uh, but the point being that if you have a name that is more broad and just wide open, that it gives you a lot of leeway. So it gives you that chance to pivot within and not have to worry about, oh, well, I'm going away from Bill's cornhole boards and now I'm doing custom metal fabrication that doesn't quite work well yeah if you were just bill creates or you know whatever blaze fire i don't know maybe that's (laughs) (laughs) see this is how creative i am that's what i just came up with blaze fire uh yeah i love it yeah Yeah.
1: i mean maybe that would be good blaze fire but no i mean like to to your to your point uh it works on both sides like one if you've already created that like there's nothing wrong with it but also but consider that, like, you're also not stuck, like you can start to pivot out and you just need to make a conscious effort on the other on the other end. Don't put yourself in an oper- in a situation where you can't pivot. Don't put yourself somewhere where you're like, hmm, in six years, am I going to want to be doing, you know, custom cornhole boards or like is there still going to be a market for rustic furniture in uh, Western Pennsylvania? You know, in 2000, Western Pennsylvania, rustic furniture, chairs only. Yeah, that would probably yes. be like not a good name for a brand. And and uh, I think those are like those are, those are a little bit obvious. And, and that's kind of for a reason is that like when you're getting started, you're just so much excitement that you kind of braze over the obvious. Like I feel like that happens a ton. Yeah, I'm I'm very definitely subject to that. And you're like, you know, make a decision now and figure it out kind of later thing. And uh, and a lot of us do that. And, and branding is one part of it. And uh, we wanted to touch on it briefly because we've gotten some questions about it in the past. Um, And we've also got some questions on, like, how do I go from, you know, pivoting from making custom furniture to potentially getting into creating content or being a YouTuber or being a blogger or stylist or designer or anything that's not physically hands on all the time. Um, And I think that I think that this, you know, this show topic is kind of touched on how you can move from one thing to another you just need to make that conscious decision and understand that like it's not just an abrupt turn it is slightly small moves right in that direction
0: yeah and it's so it's not it it could be either way right but yeah you need to test the waters first before making that hard pull to the right
1: correct correct and like so um For most of you that have been asking us, you know, hey, how do I get in? I want to get on more on YouTube. Like, how can I get better? You know, how can I grow my YouTube channel? The thing you're going to want to make sure you're focusing on there is that one, if your approach and your goal is to grow it as a business, you need to be approaching it like a business, right? Like designating time to it, putting in effort to doing research for the market, making sure that your video quality is on point with where you want it to be and yada, yada, blah, blah, just like you would with your products. And then two, understanding that your audience is what you're serving at that point. You're not serving your own selfish and intentful needs, which is completely different than making custom furniture. One of the things I struggle with the most, like I can make a beautiful piece of furniture that's awesome that'll sell immediately that no one will care for on the Internet because there's hundreds of them out there or thousands or whatever it might be. And that's a lot more common in content. So for those of you that want to pivot from just being a a, a woodworker to, say, being an influencer, that's something you need to understand. And that's something you need to you need to realize as your business starts to take a turn is that that time allotment is something that can easily get away from you as you start to become a quote unquote content creator. Um, Brad does a great job of making sure that he stays true to just being a content creator. Well, I constantly get pulled in the direction of like, hey, dude, I need this custom thing done. Um, would you like to do it? And I'm like, it could be so much money. And I'm like, "Oh but it's not gonna be good content at all. I would love to make your sixty three gun displays oh yes. no <laughs> yes
0: that right. that is a hard, hard part uh I get requests all the time to make stuff for people and um it, and I used to i used to do something here here and there, but I would never it would normally something small um but I would never really make content about it, like you said. So it was just like, Ooh, cool. I got to make this and make 300, 400, 500 bucks, whatever. Uh, but it, it completely does. It takes away from the main thing. And and like, if you, if you don't detach yourself from that mindset, then you're going to get, you're not going to do either of them very well. And you know, you're going to overextend yourself and end up just falling behind on the content you need to be producing, especially as you grow and get bigger. Uh, so like that, you know, that, that's a great designation, though, John, I think to think of like that, what that transition would look like from somebody who's doing product uh, like it would be ve- there. There's going to be some overlap and transition from full prod- product to full content. And that would be kind of the in-between zone. Right. And you will live in that world like you were in for a long time, John, of doing the content but making content around what you're making and mm-hmm. around commission builds. And we've had lots of buddies that have done that. And Johnny used to do that. Johnny Brooke, a uh, good buddy. And uh, he, a lot of his earlier YouTube videos were all on his custom builds because that was a way he was supplementing his business because he was still getting up and going on securing sponsorships and being able to do just content. So like that is natural, but at some point you have to let it go. If you really want your other side being the, content side to thrive and you can't get pulled back in, even as lucrative as that might be, um, you know, if it pulls you back in, it's going to take away from your growth. And if you do see the upside, right, I mean, if, you know, there's some things that it probably makes sense to step back and go do, but probably not very many. And you just have to think about, OK, taking however long it takes to make this thing a week, two weeks, a month. If it's a massive order, uh, what does that do to my content business and how does that pull me back? And as the the influx of cash what does that do long term because right so let's say john somebody came and said hey do you want to 60 g's we need you to do a kitchen and you're like hmm like well how big's the kitchen mm. they're like uh, it's a shotgun kitchen easy peasy and you're like that sounds pretty nice but if you went and did that job and it took you two or three weeks i mean that might be a, exactly what it's going to do is I'd like do it. You, you would do it yes <laughs> exactly let's be real uh, but let's say it took you two months right there's whatever it is yeah. like
1: the Two months, like I better be able to get right well, because yeah, because and more pieces of content done,
0: right? And the margin on that's gonna be super low, right? I mean, not super low, but comparatively, like margin on content is like 90 95 percent, margin on woodworking is 30 percent. Uh, so if you're good, when and you're properly priced using <laughs> the MFP pricing, that's kit. right. Uh, but the the point being that I was just having this conversation with a guy, he called me, and he, there was a it's a little bit different conversation, but it was similar in the nature that of trying to like sell out, uh, put everything on hold of what he's doing in the current business to take a special customer order for a very big price tag. And my question to him was, okay, when well you're done with that, how is your business better? Uh-huh. And he was like, hmm, <laughs> that's a good question, right? So if you, take, if you take that job for a big amount of money, at the end, uh, you know, do you have an ongoing relationship that you're, that's gonna give you more business? Or do you just have a big chunk of cash in your pocket, which is nice, but at what cost? Because at the same time, could you have made 75 percent of that money, but yet grown your business, grown your your Instagram following, grown your YouTube following, made more sponsor contacts and which will then give you more money in the future? So I think that's a really important thing to look at is like, uh, you know, when you get offered a job that seems really, really awesome. Is it just a flash in the pan for a lot of money? And on the flip side, think about the long term effect. All that other work you could do in the meantime could give to your business.
1: Yeah. And that's and that's where you want to be. If you're going to make a pivot, you can't just drop everything you're doing and jump into something else and not have the wherewithal to realize like, whoa, what am I losing as well as what am I gaining? And a lot. And that's and that's uh, that's for me been the hardest part about pivoting in any context is like, what am I losing as well as what am I gaining? And when anyone's making moves in business, like I've got a friend of mine and great, my best, one of my best friends, their family has a business and they're constantly doing all kinds of stuff. And he feels like he's pulled in a thousand directions and they're offering a thousand different services. And I'm just like, dude, you need to be focusing on the niche you want to be in and where you want to be and hammering down on it. I don't care if the money's rolling in on the other aspects like you need to not just be pivoting to every opportunity. And that's going to be that's kind of going to be like where I want to wrap this show um, is that like. When you're pivoting, don't just go to where the dollars are. Mm -hmm. Don't just go to where income is uh, is 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 fluid and where people are just throwing attention at you, because that's really, really where you can go down uh, a rabbit hole that you don't want to be in. Kitchens are a great example, like kitchens are big chunks and they're they're great money. And if you do kitchens right, you can really build a really solid business. You can build a lean business. You can have. Um, You can have a great life but if you want to be making I don't know river tables and you build one kitchen and then another kitchen rolls in and you can't turn down you can't turn down a kitchen that you're making a thousand dollars a foot on because now you're you know you're over your head on 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 your backlog uh, you're going to be kind of not working towards where you want it to be and it's going to make things quite even more difficult I should say when you want to put the brakes on it Um, and so. In any sort of like business pivot, you need to you need to consider what you're going to be leaving behind once you make that pivot. And if it's something you want to keep, you need to create an opportunity in order to incorporate it into what you're going to be doing in the future. And if it's not, then you need to have an exit strategy or a plan in order to drop it to the wayside. Like going back to my 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 decision to go into more content, you know, I had to make a decision. To tell my existing clients that I'm no longer going to be building for them. And I have a lot of repeat clients. I have clients to this day that are like, hey, John, I love the built ins you did for me two and a half years ago. We'd love to do our entire bathroom to match it. And I'm like, huh? No, stay the <laughs> course, like, don't do it because I, it's not in line with where I have my content strategy is right now. And so I have to tell them no. And they're like, wait, what? Like people cannot grasp that I'm saying no to their money. But like for me. It's not where my business is now not where I want to be. Like you're not if you're a photographer, you're not going to be taking on video projects just because they're there. Right. You stay true to what your business is. Um, and and I think that that's one of the most difficult aspects of a pivot. Right. Is saying no to what's coming in the door just because it's not yep. in line with what you're doing, as well as saying goodbye to things that aren't in line with what you're doing. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? It's Have you ever had to just say No. I'm done with you. Yeah. It's like breaking up with a bad girlfriend.
0: I it was funny funny thing. So actually very it it didn't the timing wasn't exact. It was very very easy to say no um when it happened, but uh about I want to say this was earlier this year. My old boss called me and he said, "Hey." Yes. <laughs> he said, "Hey, uh We've got some how things we've got some things. <laughs> hey, how you doing? He's like, uh we've got some things going on here. Uh and you know, we could use your expertise in this area because you've got a background in in uh, perishable freedom. Perishable. You get a background in freedom and awesomeness. Uh do you know Maleki's phone you number? Sure do. Uh, <laughs> he said, You get a background in, in perishables and you know, this stuff and the, the data analytics behind it. Uh we would love to bring you on uh as a contractor. Could you come help us out for this project? Uh, for like it was like a month or three months or something I don't know what it was and um you know like me like if if that call had have happened two months after I jumped ship um I I I would have been like you know I probably would have had the conversation with my wife and and that would have been really hard I mean I kind of laughed at him I was like (laughs) no and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was funny because he's 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 a he's a buddy so he's he's really cool we, we kind of laughed about it but <laughs> i was like no why why don't we not do that and uh you know so it's like yeah you're gonna get that you're gonna get it and if you don't have the wherewithal all right so same point in time right if you're three months into the new venture let's say i was three months in and uh, all my stuff was bombing. I didn't have any leads. Sponsorships dried up. You know, maybe I'm jumping back on that and be like, yeah, absolutely, dude. Let's do this. Like uh, and and do that to get me back on my feet so I can plug away at another three months uh, just to get some some cheese in my pocket and pay my bills. Uh, so you got to do what you got to do. Let's let's be clear with that. But, um, you know, I would much rather be spending 60 or 70 hours pouring into my business and trying to grow it and giving it everything I've got, you know, every week versus going back and sucking from the corporate teat. And, um, mm. <laughs> the corporate teat does have some good milk, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's sometimes you gotta, you gotta distance yourself. And, uh, and like you said, sometimes you got to burn the boats and sometimes, uh, because we were having that conversation with somebody else too, right, John? It's like, if if you give yourself that um, that emergency parachute, if you if you think if you're always thinking like, oh, I could always go back, then you're never fully invested. So that's the flip side of it is like if you really want to get something and you've done all these small pivots we've talked about and like you're ready, you know, there's an opportunity and you just need to execute. Sometimes that's what you need to do. You just need to say, I'm done. There's no going back and yes. I'm just straightforward and I'm going to make this work by sheer determination yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's what what, John, you're huge. at And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that is like, I, I'm just going to make this work by sheer sure will
1: and determination and work. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my life motto. Yeah. Uh, right. But no, you're right. I mean, like when your headspace is cleared up and you're able to make a decision and move towards it, that's where it's easiest to say goodbye to the past. That's where it's easiest to say, no, I'm not taking on any more clients. I want cornhole boards. I don't care how good or fast I am at them. That's where you don't make any more cutting boards. That's where you just Mm -hmm. stick to your guns and do what you want to be doing. And you actually like go down the course of making sure that if you're going to do a pivot, that it's that it's doing what you want it to do. Um, So, uh, like, I love that example. You actually never told me about that. I think that's uh, that's quite interesting. I've had I've had some similar calls with uh, acquaintances, um, which is which is. Ironic that that stuff kind of even just pops yeah. up out of nowhere. It's like, hey, you want to come sell, you know, medical parts for, <laughs> for for you want to sell like you know prosthetics? And I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, here's a hefty price tag. I'm like, <laughs> 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 that's a lot, but of zeros. like you, no. <laughs> and uh, I think in if you look at your own business the same way, and you make a decision to do something, stick to that decision. You know, look at it as an external. Uh, kind of influence if you go i was making cutting boards now i want to make dining tables if cutting boards comes calling i'm telling them to get out of my life and then you're not going back to it like you cannot now uh once that decision to make that pivot decision to make that pivot is made uh you run with it and i think that that's where there's a lot of quality like Uh, Mental clarity. There's a lot of headspace. There's a a lot of that fear goes away. You're no longer questioning completely what's happening. Um, And I think you can see some definite uh, benefits of, you know, making yourself available to the business of the future, not the business of the past, Um, which is which is a huge issue with when I see anyone kind of making a pivot. They're like, but but I don't want to disappoint this person and they're so good to me and blah, blah. It's like, no, done. Done. (laughs) Cut them out. (laughs) Out the door all the sound effects.
0: Love it. I hey, just with Peter McKinnon on me there. I love it. All right. But dude, a Great conversation. I, I hope this was helpful to y'all because we know we, we've just heard a lot of that. And there's a lot of uh, every day. There's always something new to think about and which direction do you want to go in? And hopefully uh, giving you guys a little insight into our thought process uh, gives you a little bit of help, whether it's a small pivot or, or a big one to figure out how to navigate through that. For sure. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, we're well, gonna hop into our after show, uh, but if you if you do want to have more conversations conversations like this happening all the time over in the Facebook group, and you can head over there and check those out. You can go to Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Made for Profit Tribe. Uh, great little group of folks over there, just talking all the times about all the nuances of all these little things. And and if you're in the midst of a pivot and you have a question, like I uh, the, the 200 cutting board order came through. What do I do? Like, you know, that's a great place to drop that in there Mm -hmm. and have people uh, talk you off the ledge or or say, hey, you know, that's too good of an opportunity to pass up. So go for it. So a great place to to uh, get the kind of the hive mind and talk with the tribe about uh, any number of business
1: things. Yeah, great point there. If you if you've got any type of questions like that, if you're looking for anything along those lines, the MFP tribe over on Facebook. Uh, what is it? Facebook.com forward slash made for profit tribe um, is killer. Like, yeah. All, so. Or
0: the URL I already gave him. I'd use that one instead. Yes. You, for the URL You left out groups. Oh, you <laughs> did. Yeah. Good. All right. Let's. Uh, I'm just getting so fired up. For I that, know. So. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we're already there. Already there mentally. Uh, we're we're going to sell out. We're, we're, we're going to pivot now to the after show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. will see you next week.
1: See yeah. ya.